What's up, everyone? This is episode number 89 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. And speaking of social media, I got a lot of feedback from last week's episode, and I want to extend a big thanks to all of you that tagged me in pictures of your 2005 Tops cards this week. I tried to share all of those to my stories throughout the week, and I saw everything from a D League Superfractor to Jay-Z autos, to a LeBron printing plate. Um, I saw some player collection cards. I saw some of the popular fan favorites autographs that I completely forgot to mention in last week's episode. So thank you for all of those, sending all those to me. That was a fun little trip down memory lane. Um, I want to thank all of you that helped make that happen. Okay, we've got lots of good stuff for you guys today. I'm going to lead off with some NBA news. I've got some mail Uh, My SGC order came back. I want to talk about an interesting eBay offering. And then I've got a great conversation with Evan, a.k.a. GeechQuest from the Blowout Forums. Some of you might remember him from episode 52, where he ranked his top Panini inserts. I talked to him again this week, and we had a chance to chat about the state of inserts in 2020. But let's start off with the NBA news. We've got some important dates coming up. And um, seeing as things are so reactionary, I feel like this is important to the card scene. So earlier this week, the NBA and the Players Association agreed on a December 22nd start date for the 2020-21 season. And I've heard people project, you know, Martin Luther King Day in January, or some people say even as late as March. So um, December 22nd was a bit of of a surprise, but... It looks like it all came down to TV money, and they really needed to get at least 70 games in. So December 22nd is that date. Um, A couple of other important dates, just to keep in mind, the NBA draft is scheduled for November 18th, which is less than a week away. That's kind of crazy. I don't feel like I'm hearing a lot about the draft right now, but it is less than a week away. Uh, By the way, Prism Draft Picks is out, and and I've mentioned I don't like college products a lot, but... Um, I like the the base card design, at least what I've seen so far. So you might be looking for that soon. I know the hobby's out. Um, the other important date pertains to free agents, and they can sign with new teams at 12.01 on November 22nd. So all of that is to say we're used to kind of a traditional offseason where prices can settle and we can regroup a little bit. While we have seen a bit of a correction, we really didn't get long. We didn't get a normal off season. So um, the NBA is going to be back on people's minds very soon. And then obviously, yes, that plays into the NBA card market. All right. Speaking of things coming back, I finally received my two card SGC 10 day order on November 2nd. It's been 84 years. Well, it hasn't quite been 84 years, but I shipped that out on June 24th. And normally I would call this segment something boring like Mail Day, but I'd like to change the name for a week and call this segment Check the Facts, and that's in all caps. Um, I want to give a summary of my overall SGC experience one more time, along with this new underwhelming conclusion. So... In the fall of 2019, I was posting quite a bit on social media about Beckett grading, 
they were screwing a lot of things up at the time. Um, speaking of which, I don't know if you saw it this week, but they slabbed a non-autographed encased card for Panini and gave it a 10 auto. So just remember, while you're waiting for your Beckett cards to come back and you couldn't get them, um, they were doing that kind of stuff. So anyway, I was posting about BGS. This was last year, fall 2019. And SGC thought they would be cute and they started liking some of these posts. Um, They had a lot of time for social media then because very few people were actually sending their cards into them. Well, um, I'm within driving distance and I wanted to see them do well. So, you know, I said, you know, let's give them a, a chance. Let's give them a try. So I tried to work something out with them where I could chat or I could give you guys an inside look at the physical site. Um... You know, they basically gave me the runaround. That's fine. That's their choice. I just thought since they were so enthusiastic, they might be open to something like that. Um, So spring rolls around and then now they're making a bit of a push for business. PSA and and BGS were closed down temporarily. And SGC's pitch essentially became send to us because we're the only company that's still open. So um, I reached out to them again. Because it, it seemed like they were doing some good things. They were saying all the right things. Um, and they ended up giving me a handful of free submissions. And you know I told them, well, I'm just going to review honestly what my experience is like. Um, I'm not trying to pitch the product. I just, you know, here's what I'm going to do. Um, so I tried them out. And it was a great experience. And I enjoyed it. And I talked about that on episode 67. Well, because my first experience was so positive, I decided to send them another small order. When I say small, I mean literally two cards. And I paid to upgrade to a 10-day service. I knew they were getting busy. I figured I'd get it back in a month or so. They received my cards on June 26th. Well, then they got super backed up. And it was becoming clear with each passing week that they couldn't handle the business that they had been begging for not long before. So... Roughly 60 days passed and I'd heard nothing from them. You know, they had that fancy little pizza tracker looking thing on their website. And if that was a real pizza, it would be um, probably a health code violation. It had taken so long. So um, I sent them an email and long story short, they, they played the victim and they let me know how them being backed up affected them too. So they wanted my sympathy. Um, That was kind of the mess. It was a general message they were sending all people. They wanted everyone's sympathy. Well, at the same time, an SGC slabs Jordan rookie sold for a record $420,000. And they were putting out some cringy videos on social media to brag about the record price. And they were telling all the doubters out there that they needed to check the facts. Once again, that's in all caps. Now, I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt when they were growing. Uh, But their communication with customers was sending mixed messages. And I talked about it some on the show. Um, I could sum it up in this. Here's a quote from that episode. I said, I think it's a bad look for you to try and play the victim when people ask legitimate questions. It's even worse when you try and pair that with the snarky, boastful videos. The I told you so rhetoric in this video was never going to work because we remember all of the other things you told us months ago. You can't have it both ways. Okay, so I talked about that in early September and a couple months passed and then this box finally showed up at my door, um, like I said, November 2nd. So I paid for a a 10-day service. My cards were gone for nearly four and a half months. Um, People are at, are you going to do a reveal video, blah, blah, blah. Look, 
is two cards. I'm not even excited about it anymore. I know you guys are curious. My Kareem rookie got a one. My Griffey rookie got an eight. I'm not even mad at the grades. Okay, I I, I knew what I sent in, but um, the story's not done. So I was looking over my invoice and I noticed that the service fee was reduced and there was no mention of a 10-day anymore. In fact, they said that the estimate was um, 65 to 70 business days, Okay, which that, that number was never given to me at the start. Um, so it said that my total was $35 and then underneath that it said customer paid $55. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and guess that they um, gave me a discount because it took so long, but there was no real communication, so I have no clue. Um, however, even though you know they might have given me the discount on paper, uh, but the discount was never actually was never actualized at that point. There was a twenty dollar difference. They were saying that I owed that I, I uh, owed thirty five dollars for their service, but I had already paid fifty five. They acknowledged that. So I emailed them and asked them, you know, what's going on? And shortly after, I received a $20 refund. So um, it looks like there's a good chance I wasn't going to get that money if I hadn't said anything. So all of that is to say, I finally have my cards back. I checked the facts. The experience was not fun. Um, I still like the holders. I have more vintage cards I'd like to get slabbed. But I'm very hesitant to send anything in. Again, you guys make your own call on SGC. I'm not trying to sway you either way. That's just my experience. Okay, Um, the last little story I have for you today is a hobby headline. And this was actually leaked out by eBay on accident. It looks like in the near future that they're going to be offering sellers a new 75 cent shipping option for raw cards worth $20 or less. And I read that this could also be um, for cards in penny sleeves or two cards in top loader. So either way, you know, absolutely no graded cards. Um, And I know there are already ways to ship for that price, but this is unique in that it comes with a tracking number. And I'm hoping that this encourages more sellers to sell low-end stuff on eBay because the options are limited. Either you pay $4 to ship a $3 card um, or you, you get free shipping and you accept the fact that it's probably not uh, probably going to be sent in a plain white envelope and probably not going to have any tracking. Um, and that's a risk for sellers. They don't want to do that because there's a lot of knuckleheads out there that see no tracking and they claim they didn't get the card. So hopefully this will solve some of that. Uh, my only fear with this new program is that this stuff um, is that stuff will be sent out with the tracking but won't be protected well. People will automatically go to this new method of shipping and they're going to, you know, stuff won't be protected. But we'll see. It's not even happening yet. Like I said, eBay leaked it on accident, but I am keeping an eye out. All right, before I move on to my conversation with Evan, I want to take a moment to tell you a little bit about Fanatics. As you guys know, there are costs that go into running a podcast. So I signed up for the Fanatics affiliate program. Whatever sports gear you're looking for, there's a good chance Fanatics has it. If you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www.tinyurl.com WMPod and click the Fanatics logo at the top. Shop as planned and the Wax Museum podcast gets a small commission in the process. It's a win-win. Once again, that's www.tinyurl.com slash WMPod. And real quick, I'm not affiliated with Pizza Hut. 
although I do love pizza, but a lot of their restaurants are doing an awesome Fanatics-related promo right now that I wanted to pass along. I saw this on the blowout forums and also on Watch the Breaks Twitter, so thank you, Ivan. But um, if you go to the Pizza Hut app and use the code FANATICSBUNDLE, you can get a you can get two two topping medium pizzas, one order of breadsticks, one two liter of soda for twenty dollars, and they will email you a fifty dollar gift card to Fanatics. Um, so spend twenty dollars, get dinner, and then buy something nice on Fanatics in the fifty dollar range. Uh, maybe use my affiliate link in the process that would help me out. Um, once again, you know, try that code out. It might be regional. Not every restaurant would use it. But um, that code is Fanatics Bundle. I know that was a lot of stuff to remember at once. So some of you, maybe you're driving right now. Shoot me a message later, and I can send you the details if I need to. This is Slick Leonard. You're listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Boom, baby! All right, today I'm joined by Evan, a.k.a. GeechQuest on the Blowout Forums and GeechQuest Cards on Instagram. Some of you guys might remember him from episode 52 where he came on. He talked about his top Panini inserts of all time. In fact, I thought about this this past weekend because I found a Danny Granger stained glass insert in a dime box at a show, so that was very exciting. Evan, how's it going? Same, same as it always is off today with Veterans Day, so I'll have a little more time for cards, probably run up to my card store, see if anyone's up there trading. So just, I get to immerse myself in cards a little bit more today without work. When you go to your card store, um, is there any basketball wax? What's the state of, of basketball wax around you right now? Expensive. <laughs> probably, <laughs> same as same as everybody. I don't, I, I have a good rapport with my card store. He knows I'm not opening any of the wax. He sells it. I think he's down to just retail stuff. Last time I saw I was there Friday. Uh, just very, very expensive. I know he he finished moving his last case of National Treasures, I think, a month ago. So it's selling. He's selling it. People are buying it. I'm not, but other people are. Well, so, you know, it's kind of changed the way, and we're going to get into this in just a moment here. It's kind of changed the way that we're enjoying the hobby um, and I just want to take a moment to uh, blame you uh-huh. for me buying some Paul George cards again, Ooh. because the last time we talked, you made me realize how much I missed some of those 2020, 2013, 2014 products. I opened them back in the day, uh, but maybe I didn't. I was looking for other things. I was looking for relics. I didn't appreciate the inserts. Well, the only pacer in a lot of those was this guy that I held a grudge towards for the last couple of years. Um but you know what, and we'll talk about this later, sometimes set has to take priority over the player. So thank you uh, for getting me to buy Paul George cards again, I guess. Yeah. yeah that, that I mean, that is kind of, I, I can't speak for everybody, everybody's doing their own thing, but what you're saying, and that kind of inspired that insert list from a couple years ago was the wax had gotten too expensive. It was too expensive for me back a couple years ago. It's way too expensive now. So it's going back, revisiting sets, finding what you missed. I, I find I, I find stuff every day that I, I had looked over at the time and then I'm like, oh, this is cool and nothing has come out like this since. So let me hone in on this. Um, so it sounds like you're kind of doing the same thing, just going back, filling spots and you can do it affordably. You don't have to open a, what is it, a $2,500 box of Prism. You don't have to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I'm doing that. I'm doing stuff like that and... Um... 
I think I bought a card this week that was actually taped together, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll show that off later. <laughs> so um, I know you're here to talk inserts primarily, but I want to ask you something else first. And um, sometime in the last year, someone online tagged me as a status truther. Yes. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but yes, I really like 2018, 2019 status. Yes, I'd still love to talk about it. You know, I know some people maybe talked about it and then moved those cards, which, um, you know, whatever, but I'll still talk about it. You had a nice status mail day recently. Tell me a little bit about that and what you were looking to accomplish. Talk about that's the status parallels, right? Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, I I was able to get the LeBron from uh, Roger Maris, or I think he's '90s Wax on on Instagram. It was a card I was after. You know, when you when you can't buy when you can't buy wax because it's too expensive, which it is for me. I can I can push those funds into single cards. And just as I spend time day in, day out, pouring over sets and like really what I would want my collection to look like, I, I just try to hone in on on certain cards like everybody else. But I take it I take it to the extreme. Like with the uh, with the LeBron I picked up, I'd had multiple opportunities to grab that LeBron status parallel, but never the opportunity to grab the jersey numbered one. The only one I wanted was the jersey number one. I didn't. I didn't want seven out of 23 or anything. I really wanted to hone in on that one. Um, and, and let's just clarify real quick. So um, for those that aren't familiar, the status parallel is numbered to the jersey number. But when you say you wanted the jersey numbered one, you wanted 23 out of 23. Right. And I mean, that's generally just what I collect. Um, it gives It gives it a different chase. The chase is the best part of the hobby for me. So, I mean, I can pretty much pick up any card anytime I want. Few and far between, right? There are some certain cards that you just never see, and I understand that. Um, but like serial numbered cards or this card 2018, it, it, we weren't too far removed from that. So they were still popping up fairly frequently. But it was like, nope, I have to have that jersey numbered one. Um I, I hesitated to reach out to him because I I just assumed he didn't sell cards. So in the meantime, after he posted that, I mean I had I had these searches on eBay looking for these jersey numbered status parallels, but like the actual jersey numbered ones of players I wanted. He posts that LeBron. I've got my searches going. The Kawhi pops on eBay. I think in April. Two of two. I was like, okay, perfect. I I wanted a nice Kawhi Raptors jersey card. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm out of the logo man stuff. Don't really want to spend up for it. It's not really my thing. Um, so I was like, okay, well, what's the best non-hit Kawhi Leonard Raptors card? To me, it's that status parallel two out of two. So I had in the search, it popped. I pretty much bid whatever I had to do to get it. I didn't think it went too high. I thought I thought it was his best card. So I'm like, cool. I got Kawhi's in my opinion his best. Uh, his best Raptors card. Let me pair another superstar with it. The Giannis pop 34 out of 34. I was able to snag that one as well off eBay. Didn't go as high as I thought it should have, which is a win for me. I'm willing to pay more. You don't want to do uh you don't want to just put it up there. You want to run auctions. I'll take the auction. And then debated type messages that I never sent to uh, Roger Maris, nineties wax 
about like, okay, what would it take for me to acquire the LeBron? I don't think you sell. Um, but I, that's, that is the LeBron that I want out of, uh, the 2018 products and really out of all his Lakers products. I mean, I'd, it'd be cool to have a LeBron Lakers logo, man. That's way out of my budget. So I can't get that. So it's like, all right, what's the best non hit LeBron? I think it's that status parallel. I'm like you, I'm, I'm a big fan of status. So message him. I think he was trying to move into something else. He, so he was selling off some stuff. He didn't have that one for sale. I'm just like, okay, here's my number. Throw me a number. He threw me his number. I'm like, okay, fine, done. I'll do your number. I just want that card. I have other, I have other LeBron Lakers stuff. And I was like, but, but this is the LeBron Lakers card for me. So that's kind of how I acquired it. So that gives you, um, you've actually got the big four now, right? You said you had a fourth one? Yeah, but not from 1819. I have it from 1718, the, not the first year, you know, that status parallel. They're one of my favorite mm-hmm. cards. They've been in elite, uh, this year they're in elite again, but that status, they had it in 1718. I have one of the Morris twins. I don't know which one 13 <laughs> out of 13. I really don't know which one. 13 out no, of 13, the Celtics, I don't know. That could have been Markeith. It could have been Marcus. Maybe they're the same player. Know. Right. But yeah, I have, there was, yeah, there was a, a rumor that one of them played in a playoff game for the other one, because I think they have some similar identical tattoos. Oh, see, I didn't even <laughs> know that. It wouldn't surprise me. So I have that one from 1718. Those don't, um, those don't pop the way the 1819s do. The 1819s are just to me, head and shoulders, the it's the best set from 1819 products. Um, I get the Kawhi, really because I just wanted the best Kawhi Leonard card from his Raptors days, my opinion. Um, when I got it in, my daughter saw it. She loved it. She goes through my cards. Um, she focuses on that Kawhi. She calls it her pink card because pink, she's a little girl. Um, <laughs> and so that kind of reiterated my thoughts like oh not only do i like these cards for what they are how unique they are um they really resonate with my daughter as well which makes me like them infinitely more than it than anything else probably i'm trying to think of the different sets panini's put out like there aren't many to me that can compare with that and the feeling i get that she likes the card so how many um how many unsent messages did you type to me about my miles turner 33 out of 33 none because i i know you won't move it um (laughs) i have when when i posted the lebron i'm sure i'm sure it happened with roger maris when he posted it but when i posted after i acquired it from him i had a guy reach out and he was like here look at the ones i have um i'm like man i really want those but i was really trying to focus on like my pc i kind of do what adam does Adam has a bunch of different players. He has core focuses, you know, Kobe right now is what he's focusing on, but he incorporates a lot of different players from a lot of different eras. I like that style of collecting, like trying to find the biggest card of a big, the the biggest card of the biggest players from that era. I'd rather really just have that one quality over quantity. So he shows me these status parallels. I like them. Maybe I reach out to him and try to make a deal with them, but they're not the players I would want. I'm pretty peculiar about the players, which sounds funny because I have a Morris brother, but I got that in a lot. And I'm like, okay, cool. This will, this will keep it right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like you want to give it to me in a lot. I'll take it. 
Yeah, so I'm looking for... Um, I have the Oladipo Gold jersey numbered 4 out of 10. I, I have the Oladipo me. Aspirations 4 out of 96. Um, and I'm trying to find the 4 out of 4. I found the 2 out of 4. I had to buy that for the time being. Um, I think you know that jersey numbered one is the best looking parallel set. So I'm, I'm like you. I'm looking for that last number though that way i could kind of complete that trifecta yeah that would be uh, who you know who knows if it'll ever pop up that would be awesome i have a i have a feeling um people are sitting on these like anything well you know most of the wax isn't busted it's so expensive and these the the numbered cards out of status they're so insanely hard to pull uh you spend in in a case you might get one you might get two you might maybe even you do really well and get three but they're just hard to pull any type of numbered card from that set um, so then think about like your odds of pulling the status parallel and then it being, it's, it's so long. And if it did, I'm sure someone just threw it in a dime box. It got passed around. No one really knew what they had. So they don't pop up very often. Yeah. And that, that's kind of one of the most uh, disappointing aspects of the wax stashing to me. Mm-hmm. And I understand it. You know, I'm not trying to knock the people that are doing it, but at the same time, it's like, I think about old, you know, Tops products. I talked about 2005 Tops last week and Tops total. You know, I'm still trying to bust those boxes, looking for those Pacers golds and those Pacers plates. I don't know if I'm looking for stuff that's even out there or stuff that's buried in boxes. And I think we're, I think a lot of status is, um, has yet to be unearthed because, you know, we saw pictures of people their shelving units that had just hangers and hangers and hangers because you could grab these things for $9 on Walmart's website for the longest time. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't think we're going to see a lot of these anytime soon. No. I've, yeah. I know, uh, Roger Maris, he told me he just saw it in a random Facebook group that LeBron, like, you know, it's just, you happen upon them. I have searches set up on eBay. They're kind of tough to search for. A lot of times people mislabel them. And I'm not kidding. I've scrolled through all the status listings, all 70,000, because they have that distinct color pattern searching for them. Like, right. Okay, cool. Got it. You didn't label it right, but I know what this card is. I see the serial number. So I, I just don't think people really know. They, they chase those pursuit die cuts. I've argued with people on Blowout before who are like, oh, these pursuit die cuts are super short printed. If, if you've opened any status, you're like, okay, yeah, they're short printed, but like, they're not as short printed as these number cards. You'll get open a case. You'll get more pursuits. You can't even get the numbered cards in the bla- uh, in the blasters. So like, yeah, these are the short printed cards. Any of the numbered ones, really, relative. Yeah, to- and it's, it's you know you're you're searching for a card parallel um, that's the same net same name as the set name. So you you can't search status status. It won't look for right. you know a repeat word. Um, it's, it's like looking for, and you can't search the number, like you, you can't put 99 cause all of them are numbered differently. Exactly. Um, you know, it's kind of like searching for a Draymond green, green prism, you know, good luck with that. You're going to get a lot of results there that you don't want and you really can't filter them out. Right. And I think I like that about it too. Right. Cause the hobby for me is about the chase, the hunt, trying to find something, um, that you just can't find. And these are legitimately tough to find. So I think that's part of the reason why I like the card. There, there's just a lot of things those specific cards have going for them. They didn't have them. They didn't really have it going for them in 1718 to me. Um, it was a cool, cool idea. It's not a unique idea. And again, Panini's done it. But when they hit it in 1819, 
I think like you have the Luca rookie out of 77. You have the LeBron. It's his Lakers card. I know some people go crazy over that. So whatever. And then it's kind of, I know people have talked about it as like status credentials, even though I think that is an insert set status. So people can it get is, confused. Yeah. Right. So people can get it's confused. A, there's a rookie credentials. Right. So, so it's like, no, these aren't the credentials. These are the status parallels. But I mean, Panini did pay homage to that credential set with the coloring, right? The aspirations kind of highlighter, highlighter yellow, the status parallels pink. So it's to me, I don't know. It's just like one of the few perfect Panini sets. It's not an insert. It's a parallel, so it wouldn't make my insert list. But if it was an insert, uh, it would be number one, hands down, by far. That's not me hyping it, right? I have three, so I'm not like, I'm not some heavily invested guy. And you can't have the ones I have. I'm not selling them. So, but, and I really don't. Yeah, it's I, okay to like cards. That's that's not a bad thing. Right. I've really kept to myself because people haven't really chased these. I found one person who's chasing them, um, and he offered the ones to me. He's like, hey, if you want these, um, he was nice enough to do it. I just don't want them. So no one's really chasing this. I don't really want people to chase it, so I kind of kept it to myself. I've really just brought it up when I've argued with people on Blowout who keep saying, like, and, and not in a negative way, but they keep calling those damn pursuit die cuts super short print i'm like no they're not these are the super short they're prints. Not. they're not i i don't know i don't know where so, that got so started. let's play a game then real quick and and then we'll move on from status because we could probably do a whole hour and that's not even what right. we're here for but um the the pursuit die cuts i mean there's got to be in 2018 there's got to be at least 35 to 50 for every player right i i've got it 100 to 150 really you think it's that high yeah i mean we don't you don't really know how many right so with prism i can you can back engineer the odds because you're getting x number of parallels in a case and just kind of divvy it up to figure out oh i'm pulling these silvers at this rate and you kind of figure out the case run in prism status you can't do that but i do know that you're not pulling numbered cards in the blasters you're just not they're not available in there um, like that status parallel is only available in the Walmart iteration. So if you're opening the target stuff, you can't even hit a status parallel, but you can, you can hit the pursuit die cuts in all, all the SKUs. Um, right. you go look at, so like, I'll take someone like Steph Curry, right? Steph Curry, his status parallels numbered out of 30. There's been one that has been on eBay, not his Jersey numbered, but there's been one. You look up his pursuit parallels. I think mission cards has like five of them. So and he hasn't yeah. even bought them all, right? He hasn't bought all the ones right. that have been available. You start looking at the pop reports and you'll see like, yeah, these status parallels, they come in about, uh, depending on the jersey numbered on them, like even getting graded, they're like 10% of the pop of the pursuit parallels. I can't tell you how many LeBrons I've seen since the product dropped. I feel like I've seen a ton of them. I know the majority of status is not open. It's sitting in someone's closet or whatever, trying to profit down the road or every major distributor has status. I'm pretty sure my local card store has status. It's all jacked up in price. I'm not opening it anymore, but I just know those pursuit are not, they're not that tough to hit. You're getting three in a blaster case and you're getting no numbered cards in a blaster case. So like if I take the player, they have 111 numbered cards out of all their numbered cards, like a Luca, if you pull a Luca number card, I'm not grading it, but the majority of people who pull a Luca numbered card would grade it. There's 111 of them. 
He has less graded number cards than he does pursuit parallels. Right. It just means people pulled them at higher rates. Like, well, why would people pull them at higher rates and grade them at higher rates? Because there are more of them. But I know how many numbered cards Luca has. Like, that's not a dispute. They were super short printed in 1718. Like, good luck finding those pursuit parallels. So I think people just carry that mentality to 1819, didn't really look at the product and understand it. It is what it is. Yeah, I grabbed a, a James Harden from 2017. Um, I think I got it. it. It was listed horribly. I got it for like 25 bucks. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit on this because I don't know if I've never, I don't know if I've seen a Harden since then. And I, granted, I know James Harden's not the most popular guy right now, but uh, I'm kind of like you. I, you know, I appreciate the chase and I, I just don't see a lot of those out there. Okay. So, um, like I said earlier, you know, these kinds of conversations, um, like Steve, he, he really got me on the status as well. These kind of conversations have changed my focus on collecting for a little bit. Um, I have a new appreciation for these things. Um, so let's talk more about inserts then. And that's where I'm really going to defer to you. Um, I feel like it's safe to do a summary on inserts now because we really won't get any uh, any major ones the rest of the year that I can think of. I know we won't see it in Flawless. We won't see it in Immaculate. Right. Um, if, if Hoops Premium has them, they're just going to be chromed out. So um, I want to take a look at uh, this idea of inserts, and I want to ask you, what do you think makes a solid insert or a solid insert set? So for me, and if you go look at that top 20 list I made, there's, they pretty much all have the same thing in common. There are no parallels. Um, or if so, the parallels are few and far between, right? So that gives it kind of a one-off exclusivity. Like, I don't I don't want an insert that has 30 parallels. It just doesn't do it for me. Um, there's also some and, des- design aspect. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Um, and when you say inserts, I guess we should clarify, you know, maybe some people don't know the difference between inserts and parallels. Um like let's say um, mosaic genesis, that's a parallel right. because it looks like the base card, just a different background. Um, so an insert is is just an entirely different little set that's not the same picture as the base card. Exactly. So I I know when I look at inserts and I start ranking them, I'm like, okay, well, does this have a parallel to it? I'll give you one or two parallels. That's not too much, right? But if you start to have a ton of parallels. You're just done to me. I'm not. I. Some people like to build rainbows. I don't like to build the rainbow thing and chase every single color. That doesn't do anything for me. I just had the same card over and over. So, like that's my number one when I start ranking inserts. Then I go by design and rarity. Uh, something with a nice design doesn't necessarily have to be rare. But generally, the rarer it is, the fewer times I see it. Uh, that's better, and I've and I've really started to like kind of one-off insert sets or maybe stuff that's not released all the time. I I know people like the blank slate insert from Court Kings. I'm 50/50 on it, but what is cool is that's not been released every year, right? They have there's two different uh, blank slate sets, and they weren't released in consecutive years. So like, okay, well this is rare. It's not you. It's not thrown in your face every year, um, stuff like that. That's kind of how I gauge what a good insert is. There are plenty of bad inserts. Generally, 
to me, those that have been paralleled and paralleled and paralleled have four different golds, 10 different one ones I'm like, okay, that's dumb. Okay. So, um, let's then talk about, um, and, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but, um, so you think that sets at times then, because you're really big in insert sets are more important than players. Is that correct? Yeah, that's mostly, I know you don't talk about it, but I know a lot of people talk about like the financial aspect of the hobby and they want to invest in certain players and invest in cards. I don't really care one way or the other. Just if you were going to go that route, it would be better for you to invest in a set, a desired set, uh, probably a rarer set than it would even be the players. Uh, what did I see? I know um, TJ Force. He's chasing that optic preview set. Guy paid $90 for a Brandon Knight optic preview because he wants to complete the set. And he may have one <laughs> or two shots at it. Like that $90 Brandon Knight, I don't... Yes. It, Sorry, Tom. Didn't mean to give that total away. It, I, it's on eBay. And, I, and he put it he put it on Blowout or else I wouldn't bring it up. But right. he said he got it. You can check it on eBay. And I've said this to other people. I'm like, not that he got it, but I apologize if I blew it up. But those kind of cards, people will pay up for the bad players. It's like if you just get a piece of that set, you're going to do better than 99% of cards. So if you were to invest in cards, the player is kind of irrelevant um, to a certain extent, right? The best, the best combination would be getting the best players from the best sets. That's not always affordable for people. But even if you picked up that Brandon Knight optic preview, Brandon Knight, he's going to outsell the majority of Prism rookies you're investing in. And you're hoping that this rookie breaks out and you got to get it graded and stuff when it's like if you have this card from this set that's rare, player doesn't matter. It, to an extent, player doesn't matter. So, yeah, that invest in sets and not players, it's mostly just to those guys who want to invest in cards. Like, no one cares if you have a hundred Sekus. That's cool. Pick up this Brandon Knight optic preview. You're going to do better than the Sekus. You just, you just are long-term everything. Like you'll do better. Right. You don't, you don't see pictures of guys with uh, five Brandon Knight previews fanned out in their hands. Right. You know, you, like you see with the, uh, well, I, I actually did see this at a show. There were guys taking pictures with LeBron prism base cards and we're not talking, you know, 15-year-olds or whatever. That, that I could understand. These were grown men um, with fanned out LeBron base cards, which Fair I don't much. know. I just thought it was funny. Collect what you like. Exactly. But um, I'm also going to laugh at it. It's funny. It's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's funny to me, too. You can collect whatever you want. You can invest in whatever you want. Just long term, if you don't know the history and you're just kind of like skimming the surface of the hobby – if you look deeper, you'd realize like trying to pick the right player, that's such a crapshoot, it's such a gamble. Um, but honing in on the right sets, number one, you'd probably have a greater appreciation for cards in general. But also, if your goal is to make money long term, you're going to make more money focusing on these specific sets. All right. So then let's kind of try to get a grasp on where Panini's going with this because we've talked about status. Right, mm -hmm. and we talked about what they're doing with some of the short printed stuff. Um, I know they're, you know, like the pursuits. They're not putting numbers on those. They're not serial numbering those. So there's a kind of a mystery element to it. 
Um, where do you, you know, where do you think they're at right now with those SSP inserts, and where do you think they're going with those? And I know this was we talked about it on the forum. I think it was me, uh, B Burns, and Mick Kambanga kind of went back and forth in the LeBron thread, and like, okay, if you're doing LeBron Panini stuff, you you want his super short printed inserts super short printed rare cards from Panini doesn't have the autos. So those are going to be his best cards, but it does seem like Panini's putting chase inserts into every product. And so eventually I guess my fear would be is like, okay, if you have one chase insert in say like if status was coming out this year, you have one chase super short print in status. Well then the next year you have two. I mean, they become more rare, but then they all start to kind of blend together. Almost every set, it seems like, has something, which is which is cool for that set. But it almost be like uh, you can have too much of a good thing. You can have too many para- prism parallels. Then you kind of water them all down. So instead of watering them all down, maybe like keep your super short print stuff in your low end sets. For the most part, they do. And every set does not need like a super short print rare insert chase. It it really seems like in 2018 they started it. In 2019 they went even further. So you know next season, like I'm convinced you're going to have like two or three per set or something. LeBron may have 45 rare inserts for 2020, 2021 products to chase. And it, it just becomes too much and kind of, waters down eventually the cream always rises right so the best one out of the bunch will be the one that rises but part of the fun and the chase of it is like uh not having so many the golds there's multiple golds in every product now so is it are the golds even as cool anymore to me they're not because i can get a fast break a shimmer uh what the base gold t-mall waves like the golds don't have the same oomph that they did almost a decade ago because they just get mass printed over and over. Panini really hadn't focused on these super short print inserts or they weren't as chased now. Now that they are chased, they start inserting more. It's like, hey, just just cool the presses on this. Do something else. Come up with some other gimmick. Leave these alone, please. I think it's, um, you know, it's partially a logistics issue for them because um, it's almost like they treat autographs in prism. Like I don't at this point I don't even know why they put autographs in there. I know they mm. want to say there's so many hits per boxes, but it's just sticker autographs. Nobody likes pulling them really. Um, I, you know, rookies are nice, but if it's like I'm pulling PJ Brown autos out of Prism, it's like I would honestly just rather not pull an auto. Right. Um. So if they're trying to save money, um, you know, they're doing some of these short printed inserts instead to replace hits, and they're hoping to give you value that way. I kind of like that. Um, but like you said, I think they've got to find a balance and I don't know if they're, um, if they've quite found it just yet, or maybe they've gone over a little bit, maybe when the Zion hype, you know, settles down a little bit, maybe that'll stop when they're not printing everything to the moon. Um, I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you think that's logistics? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, I also think it's just the way the hobby's kind of trending. It is trending more to these inserts. It seems like. I mean, I've been picking them up. I used to pick them up on the cheap. Now they're still relatively cheap to like a Prism Silver or something, right? But they're not as cheap as they were. I know the hobby's grown, and so prices up across the board. Um, 
but some of the prices like those stained glass cards oh my goodness when i made that list when i made that insert list those stained glass cards none of them were over 100 bucks anthony davis rookie was like 35 40 bucks at the time or something now what is that a, a four figure card so i I, right. I i do i don't i can't I don't know, but I assume Panini checks the secondary market, sees what people are buying like they did with Prism, right? Oh, everybody wants these Prism Silvers. They were short printed. Now they're not so short printed. They wouldn't do that with the case it inserts. I think they just might make like more of them. Those status pursuits in 2017, people really dug those in 2017. Let's, we'll still make them rare-ish, but we're going to print more of them. And to me, that loses the luster of what made them appeal to me in the first place. Yeah, and I know, you know, I've already mentioned these, and I know technically they're parallels and not inserts, but we saw that kind of play out in real time with the Genesis parallels. Um, There was this big hunt, you know, at the start, everyone's like, oh, these, you know, these look great. We got to get these. I opened, um, I don't know, maybe $300 worth of retail and I pulled one. So yeah, they were rare. You know, I thought they were rare, but then it's like, wait a second, there are eight TJ Warrens on on eBay at one time and people are trying to tell me there's 50 of them and people are stashing this product. In fact, the product is still coming out. So it's like, well... Okay, maybe maybe they're not quite as rare. And then you saw the appeal to them go away. And it's like, well, nothing changed about the look of the card, but it just all goes down to what people value. And there are a lot of guys like you that are really big into the chase. Right. You know, everyone likes something that's hard to get. And then once once it's readily available, eh, maybe not so much. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, the Genesis is, yeah, like you said, it's the same card. It's a, to me, it's a nice parallel. I don't even like the Chrome cards, but I'm like, oh, those Genesis are cool. If I was going to have a Chrome card, I'd probably want one of those Genesis parallels because they at least look different from some of the other parallels Panini puts out. Um, but they're not tough to acquire. I can acquire pretty much any player at any time should I want to. And so that kind of takes the chase part out of it. Like there's no sense of urgency with it. So some of the the rarer cards, like the sense of urgency, that, that feeling, that rush you get when you see it, that that is part of the appeal of the cards. Not necessarily that like, oh, there's only 10 copies of this, and so it's going to be worth a boatload of money. It's more like, hey, I've had this search set up, and I've gone through Facebook, IG, the European sites, the Chinese sites. I cannot find this card, and then when you see it, it doesn't matter what you pay. You pay 20 bucks for it. It's still, what did the kids say? It hits different, I think. Right. Pretty sure. Pretty sure that's what the kids say. I think so. I don't know. I can't, I teach middle schoolers and I can't keep up with it anymore. Uh, I'm always three steps behind. Right. It just, it's just different. They, they, I know Panini butchers everything. I'm just kind of crossing my fingers. Like, don't butcher this. This is kind of like the hidden golden goose. Um, maybe not so hidden anymore, but still kind of hidden. You know, people are still chasing chromium stuff. I'm like, okay, this is, this can be, and I probably sound like an old man yelling, get off my lawn. But it's like, let me at least have this. If they start printing them into oblivion, I'll just find another way to go in the hobby. It's like, okay, I won't chase this. Let me find something else that isn't, isn't just ran into the ground beating a dead horse and I'll find it. It's just like, I really like these guys for now. So let's just keep it here. 
Yeah, there. Well, there's a part of me that that wants you know says Panini, don't mess this up, or you know, please people, don't don't figure this stuff out. Even though I I host a show and I talk about some of it, right? Um, but at the same time, it's like you know what if if those changes happen and force me into a new segment of the hobby, that's also kind of exciting because mm-hmm. I've there are a lot of people out there that have said, oh, this year the hobby's ruined. This year's awful. It's like no, actually. Um, you know, look at my collection compared last year to this year. Uh, the diversity is is you know has grown. It's awesome. Like I'm discovering new things. I'm discovering cards, old cards. You know, 60, 70 year old cards that um, I've never been interested in. Now I am. It's been good for me. It's grown me in the hobby. The same same with me. I've picked up fewer cards this year than ever before. Um, but every card I pick up now is meaningful. When when the cards were cheap and plentiful and no one was doing it and I could have whatever I wanted, none of them meant anything. Um, but yeah, now like, okay, well, let me segue away from what everybody's doing. Let me find something else and let me chase something else. It doesn't really matter where the hobby goes to me because I'll always find something. It is so expansive. You go on like trading card database and start looking through sets. You realize you see stuff that you've never seen. You've never even heard of these sets didn't know it existed let me look for these see see what these are about let me find pictures like that is the fun part of the hobby and it doesn't it doesn't really matter where panini takes it next year or the year after like they can't they're not going back in time and changing those 2013 14 sets those are standalone stuff and you can go find stuff in the past that you like all right so um the past though as you said is behind us so let's talk about this year and I saw, uh, I don't even remember who it was, and this is nothing against them, but I saw someone on the blowout forums, they said, I think they made even a whole thread for it. They said 2019-2020 is Panini's best year for inserts. And um, I my first two thoughts were, number one, no way. Um, my second <laughs> thought was, man, I really miss Panini innovation. And I'm talking about the actual product called innovation, even though I do miss innovation as well. Um, but you know what, as with any statement, it's like, okay, those were just initial thoughts. Um, let me at least talk this statement through. Let me give it a chance. Maybe if I sit and think about it, you know, that could be, there There could be an argument there. Um, when you hear someone label 2019-2020 as the best year of inserts, what comes to your head? They haven't looked. They, they just don't, they just don't <laughs> know some of the sets that were... There, I know there are some sets, like insert sets this year that people have gone crazy over. I haven't gone as crazy over them because I've seen something similar to it. But you start looking back through Panini stuff five, six, seven years ago. No, it's like, no, these are when these inserts, like some of them debuted. You like the Kabooms now? Did, have you seen the 1314s? That's, right. They, they debuted that year and they look nothing like they do now. Like that... That was an innovative thing in 1314. It's not as innovative now. It doesn't mean they're not as nice. Or like, oh, you like the mosaic stained glass? Well, did you see them in 1213? Like you said, with innovation. Oh, when innovation in 1213 came out with like completely off the wall laser cutting and stuff. They did so much stuff in 12 and 13 that they're not doing now. Have you seen it? 2019, yeah, 2019-20 products. It's like, okay, what's a chrome insert? cool i guess they've had these forever they no one's ever liked them i mean they like them now and that's fine you can like what you want but i 
it's not the worst year of inserts, I don't think, right? Because we had a lockout <laughs> season. But I mean, to me, right. like, okay, if I was making, you know, I have that top 20 list and one day I'll update it. But it's like, okay, well, what would I put on it from this year on that list? I might put one, maybe one insert from this year. And everything else would just kind of be like, meh, seen it before. Right. Yeah, last week, um, you know, I talked about the 2005 Tops products and how um, they were, you know, they were in a a two-man race with Upper Deck and they had to, they had to think different. You know, they had to sign celebrities. They had to make poker chips because there was, you know, they couldn't just roll out the exact same stuff as Upper Deck. And, And I know Upper Deck did their own thing as well. So, you know, that goes to show that competition is a good thing and creates some of this stuff. And I think, um, you know, I personally put Panini's best years kind of in that 2012 to 2014 range. And I know that there were some awesome rookies in that range as well. But, you know, the first few years that Panini made products, they were kind of trying to get their footing mm-hmm. and they were still figuring things out. Um, and then the the few years after that, it's like, all right, we actually do have to create a good product. We do have to be creative. We do have to be innovative because um, this isn't a sure thing. You know, we're, we're really trying to establish ourselves and now it's like, you know, I, and I'm not saying they're not trying, but you know, let's just face it. There's not the competition there when they know they can just print pictures of Zion for money. And like you said, they, they were trying to find this footing, find what people like everybody starting in 2016, that summer before 2016, uh, 17 prism came out, people started honing in on these chromium cards because Panini was pumping out sticker autos left and right, mid-end autos that had no value left and right, right? That was the 14, 15, 15, 16 years were like Gala Lux, all these mid-end sets that no one really cared for, had no chases. They go to the chromium stuff, 16, 17, you get Prism Explosion, you get Optic. Uh, I believe that was when Mosaic, I you remember better right. than me, but... It was like a replacement uh, yeah, for the was, junk they um, did. I forget what it was. The apology. The, yeah. For Panini Replay. The apology for Replay. Yep. Um, and also, you know, the Ben Simmons not having memorabilia or autos, the, those things were a crutch for them. Ding, ding, and, ding. And, you know, all companies for so many years. And it's like, oh, now we actually have to, you know, let's put some diamonds out. Let's do some other things for Ben Simmons. Right. But, but so, like, they, they, they did the chromium thing really heavy in 2016 people latched onto that in the hobby. And so, yeah, they went away from all the stuff they were doing, which, you know, I don't even fault Panini because it really wasn't appreciated too, too much those years. Like was innovation a cool product when it came out? No, not really. I mean, people chased the kabooms right. in 13, 14, but people really didn't care about it. It was a throwaway. I, I bought, did, yeah. I bought boxes for 30 I didn't want anything to do with it. Same here, same here. But as I look back and see like, okay, where are we at today? What's coming out this year? Damn, nothing's really touching 1213 or 1314 innovation. 1213 Elite Series to me is like one of their best products ever. I bought boxes of it for $30 and like had my fill and was pretty much done with it. You know, it didn't do anything at the time. So I know some people are like, oh, you're just trying to live the glory days or whatever. It's not, no, because they weren't glory days at the time. It's just like (laughs) now Panini has a catalog I can look back this stuff was a lot cooler than the stuff they were putting out now. Yeah. And hindsight's 2020. I of wish course. I had realized it then I was opening stuff. Then I opened, um, did elite come in a mini box? I want to say I opened or I opened half a box or something. Um, 
yeah, I didn't appreciate it then. Um, and part of it was I was getting in-person autographs, so anything that was glossy was a problem for me because these autographs were smearing. So right. I, I opened one box of Prism. I was one and done. And now, you know, now I kind of regret that, but it is what it is. Yep. All right, so let's um, let's talk about this year, though. And, and we had that claim that, yeah, it was the best year for inserts. Well, okay, I think we've established it probably wasn't, but let's talk it through. You gave me a list of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight inserts that you really liked. I don't know if you have that list in front of you or not. I got it. Um, you got it. Okay, so let's run through those. Go ahead. Um, start with your first one. Uh, and it looks like you have them ordered pretty much by when they came out during the year. Yeah, r- yeah roughly. Um, the first one would be those Donruss Net Marvels. I'll be honest. I own none. I don't really care for the insert. But I realize a lot of people do. And so, like, my opinion doesn't matter in this because the hobby has kind of spoken. They like these. Is that insert creative? Yes. Is it, uh, does it have good eye appeal? Have they ever done anything like it? Well, yes, it has eye appeal. No, they've never done anything like it. Is it paralleled to death? No. Uh, the one thing it doesn't hit is that rarity. You get one in every pack of Donruss. Um, just, just hobby though, right? So I mean, it's kind of rare. Correct. That is, that is a fair point. It's just in hobby. Um, so that's kind of where, when they exploded, I still remember, I think it was Leon, uh, reached out to me the night they exploded and was like, do you see this? And I was just pulling my hair out, uh, going like, do people kind of like the pursuit die cuts? People were calling them super short prints. I'm like, did, did any of you open Donruss? when it was the cheapest product available. Like it was the only hobby product you could really touch because of the price that noops. Like, did you open these there? They come in every pack. Um, they're not rare whatsoever, but, but people glommed onto them. And, uh, so I guess, yeah, that would make it one of the better inserts of this year. People really, really like it. I can't, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. No, I, it's a great looking insert. I mm-hmm. actually like it. Um, and I don't, I don't own any of them now that I think about it. I don't own any of them, but I liked it. Um, it they didn't. I was really hoping Oladipo would be in it, but he wasn't. Right. Um, I do think it's interesting though that out of all the innovation that we've seen in Panini's past, this was the first year we really saw a comic book type insert, or at least the first year I can remember. Um, and and we're kind of now, you know, comic book movies are huge, but we're kind of in that Avengers fatigue era. Where it's like, are are we done with these Avengers movies yet, right? So it was huge for a while. We're kind of coming off of that. It's interesting that they're just now coming out with that. But um, I don't want that to take away from the set. I actually, I, I probably like them better than you do. I thought they were a really nice set. But I think you're, um, we've talked about earlier, you like the hunt. And I think that really changes your perception of these. It, it And and I, I'm a, I'm a human being. And I hate admitting I was wrong, but when they blew up, yeah, I was that guy yelling at the clouds going like, what are you people doing spending hundreds of dollars on this common stuff? I mean, it's just barely, barely less common than a base card, honestly. But I have come around. My brother got re my brother and I used to do the hobby in like 2015 together. He went away. He came back this year because it kind of exploded. And I didn't lead him in any direction. And one of the first things he asked me about were these net Marvel cards. So I'm like, oh, it it has the appeal. Instead of me being a hater and hating on it, 
like what can I like let me talk positively of it and it is it is innovative like you said and so I've come around to it I'll probably pick up a press proof or two of some players I want maybe get that LeBron press proof down the road um, just to be like okay cool I have one let me appreciate it for what it is it doesn't always have to fit like this preconceived notion I think the hobby should fit in it can everything has its place right so okay so you had another Donruss insert on that list so let's go ahead and talk about that the, the crunch time inserts the cereal box inserts it pretty much same lines as the net marvels it's just as rare as the net marvels um so it, it just kind of follows the same conversation we just had about net marvels we could have about crunch time at least the net marvels on the press proof has like gold foiling the press proof on the crunch time i believe just has like a black outline that says press proof on it so I get the edge to net <laughs> yeah. marvels on the press. And it's kind of hard to see too. Right. Yeah. You might have one and not even know it. Um, but the crunch time, just the innovation in that set. I'm like, okay, cool. That, that can fit here too. I know it doesn't have the, the ceiling or the peaks that net marvels does, but it's just as rare. It's just as innovative. So I'm like, all right, we can include that on the list as well. Yeah. And when uh, I actually, I was trying to get ahead of the game when net marvels blew up. And I wasn't trying to promote it. I don't even think I posted about it. But I, I was thinking in my head, well, crunch time's about to blow up too because that's another great-looking Donruss insert. And I picked up five curries for $5 a piece. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're any higher than that right now. Um, so the good news, though, is if you want them, they're out there, they're affordable, they're attainable. Um, if you invested in them, you know, probably not much uh, you're going to get back out of them. I know I did flip a LeBron pretty quick. But um, the good thing is, even though I don't need five of them, the good thing is, you know, I don't mind being stuck with one or two because it's just a great looking card. Exactly. Yeah, I have I, I don't have the net marvels. I also have the crunch time when the product came out. I'm not a superhero guy. I'm a food guy. So I was like, oh, these crunch times, these appeal to me more. Let me pick up some of these. They're dirt cheap. Let me find lots that have them. I gave some of them to some guy on Instagram who was like, hey, can I buy those from you? I'm like, man, they're, they're not worth anything. You just have them. Uh, this is after the net marvels blew up, but I had so many of them cause I just picked them up in lots, but it's funny. Like my brother who gets back into the hobby, if I ask, I bet if I ask him, Hey, and he has both, he has a net marvels and a crunch time. Cause he likes them both of them. Like, what one do you like more? He's going to pick the marvels. And I think nine out of 10 people would also pick the marvels regardless of the price. Just which one do you like more? They're going to go that way. Yeah. I like, I like the marvels better, but yeah. it's just the crunch time were more attainable for me at right. the time. Um, okay, so your next insert that you liked this year um, came out of Spectra, and it's one that's kind of bounced around in different products before. Tell us a little bit about that. It's that the Color Blast insert. Um, I, in basketball, I think it was just in Draft this year, Prism Draft. I don't think it's really... Yeah, I, I think that's the only other product we've seen it for basketball. In football, it was actually in Prism. It was in Prism. Last year. I think it was in Prism yeah. Draft as well. I think they have college ones as well. I know that baseball's done it. Um, I mean, that just takes kind of like the super short print insert because they're not even one a case. They're further to the extreme. It's chromium. Thank God. Now, Spectra's had like short print inserts before that are tough to pull, but they're on that 130 point card stock. I, I hate that card stock. I hate it. I was about to ask you because I've never seen um, a basketball one in person. I've seen some of the others. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you if they were thick. I hate 
the thick spectra, spectra cards. No, they're like spectra this year, right? Their base sets 55 point. These are 55 point as well. So it's like, Oh look, look at you. Look at Panini. You're learning and not everything has to be that 130 point. Save that for the patches and stuff. Don't right. make, don't make your cards that way. So to me, like that was a huge upgrade. My only negative on the color blast is that it's horizontal. I personal preference. I prefer vertical cards if you did it vertical, I don't even know if you could make it look as nice though, but it's just that it, I'm not a chromium person, but those color blasts, those, those do it. And same, it's kind of the same thing we hit on at the beginning of this. There's no parallels to color blast. I don't, there's not a gold color blast. Um, those Donruss inserts, right? I mean, they have a press proof and then they have a black one one but there isn't red, yellow, green, purple, blue. They're not, there's no colors of the rainbow on these inserts. So it's like, okay, if I want it, it's just card focused. It's not parallel driven. Right. Please don't give them ideas. I never even thought of a gold color blast and now I'm horrified. Yeah. Well, you remember they did it with the kabooms. I know. Like, they'll, I they'll, know. Do it with I, the, they'll do it with the color blasts. Some people like the gold kabooms though. Didn't they have a green one too? Or am yeah, I, I, the green was one one I believe green. Yeah. And it was awful. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, there's only one for each player, so I don't have to see them. But even then, like, even if you went that parallel route, I don't want to see them do it. But if you did, even those kabooms, it's like, okay, there's a parallel out of 10, a parallel out of one. That's not too many parallels. Like, I can live with I can. And that's can when they that. were doing actual kaboom packs. Right. So it's like we went from a really rare um, quality insert to just creating packs of this insert. <laughs> exactly. So the, the, color, right, so the color blast, the color blast, probably the top insert of the year for me. And the only one I'd, okay. pr- I'd put it on the top 20, not just cause it's so damn expensive, but it, it's so unique and it's kind of the pinnacle of like their chromium cards that they've made. It's the color blast and the nebulas for chromium pretty much. And the color blast, mm-hmm. I know the nebulas are one one the color blast, 25 card checklist, like, there are less color blasts than there are nebulas available. Like that's how rare it is. Even though they're more per individual card, it's rarer overall than the nebulas. All right. So your next one, your next card on this list is one that we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's mosaic stained glass. Um, just recap that for us real quick. Um, I don't, I don't know how rare it is cause I'm not a mosaic guy. I, th- I think the product's trash. I would not spend money on a mosaic stained glass card. That's not where I would put my dollars, but I understand people love that stuff. Uh, there's no parallels to it. Thankfully the football versions have parallels. They kept parallels out of the basketball version. So that makes it clean. Um, so that's kind of where I'm like, okay, well again, not my cup of tea, but I'm part of the hobby. The hobby likes these cards. I prefer the innovation stained glass ones. I think most, a lot of people have come around to those as well. But if you want a chromium stained glass for what they are, they're, they're not the worst thing. I don't, I don't even know what the prices are. Maybe they've gone low enough to where I'm like, okay, I'll add one, see what it looks like, but just not a chromium guy. Not definitely not a mosaic guy. I don't like that product, but right. You it, mentioned rarity. Are, are, do you know if these are hobby only or yeah, they're hobby only. Um, I do, I do know that I, th- it's been a while since I looked it up. I, Mosaic came out and I kind of just like looked at it around the corner and went, nah, not for me. So I didn't really pay attention to the breaks. 
um, to figure out how rare they are. I think I had heard that you're getting more than one a case, so it's not like they're super rare. And it's not like Mosaic isn't printed into Oblivion, so... Yeah, I, I mean, the bright spot of that is, though, you know, there was, Mosaic was so big on the retail side that if you are going to have something rare in it, you know, there is some rarity to it still with it being just hobby. Right. And then I, like, I didn't even put it on the list, but now that I'm, we're talking about Mosaic and I'm remembering, I, I think they have the Jam Masters after like NBA Jam. They that's, do, yeah. That, that's parallel to death. It's not rare. It's probably too expensive for like how non-rare it is but it is a cool design i didn't put it on the thing but there is some nostalgia factor to that design uh that actually is cool i should have i i definitely should have put that on the list because i know people like those cards i don't have any but i definitely appreciate that card and that is a retail insert right and i i actually have it on a i have a secondary list of cards that you didn't give me and that was on it so I was going to ask you, why do you hate Jam Masters so much? I don't. I'm um, just, I just didn't think of it when I sent you the list. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I know I'm, we're going to finish this today, and somebody's going to say, well, what about so-and-so? And it'll be a really obvious one that both of us didn't even think of. Right. I'll be like, um, I, but it is. Yeah, I'll be like, I hate Mosaic, but here are all the cards out of Mosaic I like. I like the Genesis. I like the Jam Masters. I like the Stained Glass. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah you pretty well, much like the entire product then. Last week, I... I I poured over Beckett's. I went back through my own cards and I, you know, I spent a lot of time going into 2005, 2006 tops and I put the episode out and I missed one of the most popular sets from that year with the mm-hmm. fan favorites autos, just completely bypassed it. I own some of them. I talked about it uh, about a month ago on the show and then completely forgot about it. So it happens. Sorry right. guys. Um, all right. Next one comes from select. And I'll confess, I had to look this one up. So this one must actually be rare. I've never seen it. I don't even think I've heard about it. Um, oh, you know, I'm not really into sh- select. But then should, then should we talk about it? I haven't acquired the set yet. Well, whether Evan wants to mention it or not, he had on his list artistic selections. So tell me a little bit about that set. It's just it's just a rare case hit set out of select. Um, I'm pretty sure select always has like a case hit insert i think sometimes they're silver these aren't silver these are it's kind of look like noir base cards but they're action shots which makes it nice the font on them is horrific it's the downside to the card just the font is trash but so if we're going like it's not it's not luminance bad though oh but i like luminance but yeah the font on luminance is horrendous right yeah yeah so kind of the same thing like awesome card awesome design horrible font that's way too big for it um but I just think like, okay, again, I hate on Chromium cards, but I'll give it to this. It's a nice set. They've never done anything like this. I love Noir base cards. I think they're so clean. I hate that they're 130 point, and I hate that they're not action shots. So I'm like, okay, well, if all I have to give up now is the Chromium effect for these, like I can, I can live with that. That's cool. But these select artistic selections, they're probably my number two insert below Color Blast this year. Yeah, I think the checklist, there's only like nine cards in it, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be a 10-card checklist, but I think they're missing like card two or something. Okay. Ooh, maybe a Panini Rewards exclusive. <laughs> of course. Yes, give Print me the money. Yep. All right, so next one is, this one kind of surprised me a little bit, is Court King's Blank Slate. So wh- why are we picking that one? Again, 
at like the next three are court kings. I'm looking at the list. And the court kings, and, and it, it has been this way through Panini's history with inserts and court kings. They always have a few that are rare, right? Rare in quotes. I'm not sure how rare the blank slates are, the auroras, anything like that this year. I didn't watch cases of it. That, that product didn't appeal to me as much this yeah. year. Um, traditionally but, they've been very rare though. Traditionally. Yeah. They, they've the, the blank slates have only been in 1718 until now. I know people chased them. They have a Zion rookie. They have a jaw rookie. So if like you want to speculate on their success, like it could be a really big set. I prefer the 1718 look to these. These look, um, I think just again, the font that Panini put on them as opposed to 1718, I just thought the 1718 ones are a little better, but I know people love these blank slates. They're big time collectors of the set. So I'm like, okay, uh, that, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't put that on there as well. I don't own any, I don't own any from 1718 either. It wasn't, it wasn't in my top inserts of that year. I had, I had other things I liked from that year, but again, like kind of, this is what the hobby likes. So it, you can't not talk about it. Yeah, does it bother you that these look like 2016, 2017 Grand Reserve base cards? Yes. Like I said, that that uh, the insert thread I have, if you look at my 17, 18 inserts for the year, because you know I broke them down by year, blank slate is in my top five of that year, but it's it's not number one. I think if you went back like now and you were looking at uh, like if you were just basing stuff on price, I think those 17, 18 blank slates are the most profitable insert from 1718 like people love those but yeah that is the downside to them like it's cool but yeah it's a grand reserve it looks like it would have worked better in grand reserve in 1617 like you said grand reserve was kind of a weird moment in panini history anyway just the whole cornerstones and kind of what all was going on there but we can talk about that another day um all right so now you also like the aurora insert in court kings um tell me a little bit about that uh, I can't even describe it this year. It's not my favorite year, but it's something I think they've had going since 2015. So there's longevity there. Um, again, there's Zion rookies. I I know people go crazy over like the Luca Aurora from the previous year. That's a that's a pretty big card for people. So again, like the Court King stuff, their inserts, they're cool. They're on the rarer side. Um, people like them. So I'd be remiss to find it or not, not mention it. I'm kind of over the court King stuff. Like, well, it, yeah, Steve and I talked about it. The product has changed. Yes. Um, but you did, uh, you know, you're over court Kings, but you got one more court Kings insert on this list. And I think I, I made you say it last time cause I can't pronounce it. Do you want to try it again? I think it's less sync. We bell, but I, I'm not good with English, but I think that's how you pronounce it. I, and I think, from what I understand, that translates to the five most beautiful. Correct. Um, although the checklist has ten cards. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, and, and who would have known that that's what it translates to anyway? I just happened to read that. Someone posted that. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, now, these these do have a unique look to them, though. So I, I can see the appeal in that. Um, is, is that kind of why they stood out to you? Yeah, and and it's been a set since 2009, the Kobe exclusive set in 2009. 
So it has the longevity. They've always been rare in every set or every year. They're always one of the most rare inserts in, in Court Kings. So like I'm sure if there's some super Court Kings like ultra fan master set completionist. I ask him, he's probably going to be like, oh, those Les Cinq Puybelles, like, that's it. That's that's the pinnacle of that brand. It has the longevity. It's different. It it always incorporates, like, framing and artwork, I think maybe except for the 2015-16 version. But, I mean, I pretty much, it's pretty much in my top five inserts of every year. It just is. They, I, I just think that's a, a solid thing. Okay, so you, we touched on the ones that you liked or that you've kind of accepted as the top inserts. Um, you already mentioned one that's on my next list, which was Mosaic Jam Masters, so we're going to take that out. I've got three cards here that I know people are going to ask me about if we don't talk about them. Um, so let's just go through those. The first one is Hoops High Voltage. So I want to ask, why didn't you choose High Voltage? Um, and then is it because Hoops sucks? No, like Hoops is my favorite product. Um, that's probably, I didn't even think about the Hoops inserts. I love the Hoops inserts. They always have the top inserts of the year. It's probably, I, I just forgot when I mentioned it, but they would go along the same lines of what we were talking about with the Net Marvels and Crunch Time. Um, it's just too common. They're, they're, yeah. uh, people will tell you they're rare, but they're not rare. Or... Maybe people's definition of rare is different than mine. Like if it's not a base, it's rare. That doesn't really, that's not how it works. Um, I just, it just didn't cut it for me. And I was down on hoops this year, not just because of the price, but they didn't include my favorite, the MVP set. It's it's not in this year. So I'm like, ah. Okay. Now I, I will say the high voltage, they look good in person. They do. Um, I was happy Oladipo is in the set. Um, it's not paralleled to death. It's not paralleled at all. I didn't open it. I've owned no hoops. If I if I come around to the hoop stuff this year, it'll be in a year or two when, you know, the products have kind of sat and people grow bored of it. Then I'm like, okay, now I'll make my move. If I was picking a hoops insert, I'd probably pick the Defying Gravity. I just think that's cool. Well, and, and there's like, I think Courtside is great because it's got action photos um, there's, there's one actually called action shots. Yeah. You know, everyone talks about how we want action shots in our, with our cards. And then I'll, you know, a lot of them are in hoops and we kind of ignore that. Um, I know there's a tip off one and which that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, since we're talking about hoops, an insert that I forgot that gained some traction earlier this year was NBA, I think NBA city, which I, I'm really not a fan of those. I think they're kind of plain, but some I people seem to like them. I don't even think I've seen them. Yes, I have. Now I'm looking at them. Okay, so we, we've got all you Hoops fans. There you go. You got your Hoops talk. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I said some good things about Hoops. I love all Hoops. Right, deal I, with it. I love Hoops. Uh, no, I I, actually, I joke about it. I There's a lot of stuff about Hoops that I like. Right. Um, I just thought it was funny when people were going crazy over it out of nowhere. Okay, um, another one then that we're going to talk about here is Optic. Uh, there's two cards I want to talk about from Optic. The first one is the My House. Um, so why didn't you pick that? I, I just don't think that's a cool look. Like it's what is it? That's the one where Zion looks like he's screaming at you and LeBron's flexing or something. Yeah, they're like going yeah. Super Saiyan. Yeah, right? it's like no. If I if I want that look, let me get it out of the Net Marvel set, and then it's Chromium. So automatically to me, just me, 
you take a notch down. It's parallel. I don't even know. I'm about to look it up. It's like just checking on my phone. Like truly how many um, parallels are there of my house? There are oh, probably yeah. there's a lot. I mean, there's ton. even gold wave. Right. And so I'm like, nah, get out of here. You're, you're paralleled to death. You're you're cheesy. You're reusing the same kind of pose from the Net Marvels, and Net Marvels did it better. So yeah, yeah, just just not my thing. Um, I I kind of like it. I, I'll say I like it. It does remind me a little bit of Get Hyped. They just changed the orientation of the card. Right. Um. So I I kind of wish we either had one or the other, but um, I think it's a good looking card, and I think the silvers look pretty nice. Um. But then again, when I pulled the Giannis, you know. I think I got thirty bucks for the silver, so really? I, I gladly moved it for thirty bucks. Yeah, so, I have no idea the price. I just looked ten parallels to it. Uh, too many for I, me. Yeah, I don't know what they are now. They've probably gone down, but at the time they were pretty popular. Um, another optic insert that I want to talk about real quick is optic splash. What do you think of that one? I mean, that one's different, right? Let's give Panini some credit. It's something new. Yeah, if I, I if I had to pick an insert, I, I mean, I know they did here. If I had to pick an insert out of optic this year i'm probably going the splash it's just the parallels i've seen some there's some guy on facebook i forget who it is in all those facebook groups he has like the devin booker rainbow going and he's just a stack of cards i'm more partial yeah. to, to like space so if i was going to optic parallel maybe i'd go the stargazing stuff um but the splash is cool my like my favorite shooting uh is hoops archaeologist now that like oh i want shooters let me get that hoops archaeologist set um, yeah now, I did think that Splash, if you've got Curry and Clay, I yep. know Curry's in it. I'm pretty sure Clay's in it as well. Maybe not. Yep. I thought, I mean, for Curry, a, a card called Splash with him shooting, it's, you know, Splash Brothers, like, that's pretty cool. I thought, I liked it. Yeah, it did. Um, I, you know, I'm not out there chasing them, but it was something, you know, it was something different. I didn't like stargazing, personally. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, a, I don't own any. It, um, I'm just like, okay, I tend to like space like space more than water i don't know just getting in my head so i'm like okay anything that looks like space there's a guy on blowout who's like what are the kobe space themed cards i'm like this guy gets me this guy knows what he's doing yeah i thought that was pretty interesting i saw that thread at one point it's like <laughs> okay you know he he's he's got a very specific idea of what he wants good for him right um i i laughed at first but it's like you know what if that's what he's into that's what he's into that's cool I, I laughed at first too, and then I was like, "Did this guy make a burner account for me? Because it seems like something I would do on the side, and not tell anybody. But like, let me get that absolute memorabilia stargazing Kobe going. Like, that's a oh, I love that card. It was swishful thinking yeah. they did the year before. They did swishful thinking. They changed it to splash. So it just crossed again. Chromium inserts and so many and so paralleled. I don't really pay attention to it, and I probably miss stuff. Like people get on stuff before I do because I just write it out. Yeah, so when we're chatting in 2024 and we're saying, remember uh, when 2019 was the glory years of uh, <laughs> Panini inserts, then we can look back on this and laugh. Right, so, when Optic okay, has so, like 100 inserts in it and 20,000 <laughs> right. parallels, it's just a parallel product. What Every single card is a different color. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, yeah, I'm waiting for Panini parallel. Didn't we have something like that? I feel like we I, did. Yeah, it's it's called every set they put out. Every set. All right. So um, speaking of, of manufacturing sets, before we go, um, I texted you earlier this week. I said, hey, is there anything else you want to talk about? 
And you said the 2020-2021 Wax Museum Podcast RPA set, um, which I didn't plan on talking about, but because you requested, I, I suppose I'll oblige. Um, and for guys, who, and, and I don't expect many people to even know what we're talking about here, so I'll explain it. Um, the last two summers, I have made Wax Museum RPA cards, mainly as a joke for friends. I was going to give them out to you know people I've traded with at the National um, they're complete ripoffs of other designs. So 2019 was the 2009 National Treasures RPA. I just put my logo on and I put like podcast use notes or Taco Bell receipts on the inside for 2020, which I still, I've got a big stack. I still need to make the rest of them. I feel kind of like Panini right now, but um, I use the uh, limited logos design, complete ripoff. Um, so you wanted to know about the next year. And uh, my first idea I'll tell you what I was going to do. I was going to take giant clear labels to the national and I was going to have friends trade them. You know, each friend was going to, or they were going to sign them. They were going to sign a couple sheets at trade night. So I could make my own version of draft night autos called trade night autos. Well, uh, you know, that didn't happen thanks to coronavirus. So I had to scrap that for now. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do for RPAs. Do you have any ideas for me, Evan? Mm-hmm. What could you? What wax museum can you print on chromium stock? I no, I I'm uh I don't think Walgreens has that as an option. So it's got to be something Wal Walgreens can print on photo paper. You could uh, do the O three O four. I can. I did the O three O four limited logos. Right. I'm saying you could do the the RPA out of it. Like, I could. That is I the could. I- yeah. That's definitely an option. Iconic RPA or or you could make a booklet. An opulence booklet. Oh, geez. Look at that. I tried, I made a booklet for um, Ku Coach ITB mm. for Jeff, and it, it was a uh, Tops Total. One card had a signed Tops Total Tony Ku Coach card, which actually was signed by him. The other side had a, a manufactured Logo Man patch. Um, it looked bad. <laughs> and uh, I'm not, and, I'm, you know, he was appreciative of it. He, did, he liked it, but. I thought it looked bad, but I was like, you know what? I'll try. I'll give it to him anyway because I tried. Um, I don't know if booklets are going to be my thing. I, I might have to stick to just simple one-sided cards. I, however, you manufacture them. I, I can't believe you're just manufacturing them at like a corner store, but they they're pretty high quality. I was I I said it last time. I was going to pay uh, Clips and Vols. I was going to give him a hundred bucks for his. Yeah, he had it. Uh, he actually got flagged on on eBay because he put it up for like a hundred thousand dollars, and then put like <laughs> not Zion, not LeBron, one hundred and one. Um, I think he got flagged for keyword spam. So I did. Whoever whoever tagged him for that, shame on you. For no one kidding. thing. Yeah, he was trying to see, and I don't. Obviously, I don't have my Wax Museum RPA search on eBay, so I missed it. He's obviously trying to fish a higher offer from me. He could have just reached out to me directly. Or now I have one because you, you blessed me with one. I would just trade him mine because he has the Taco Bell receipt. That's what I want. I want the Taco Bell. He does. Yeah. And I got to figure out, um, I think this year I gave him a piece of a monster can because mm. his name is Kyle as well. So, you know, all of us Kyles have to stick together. Agreed. Um, all right. So anyway, I'll be thinking about that. Maybe you guys have some ideas for what I could do, for what designs I could rip off. Um, reasonably. Um, Evan, as always, it was a lot of fun talking to you. We could we could keep talking for hours here, but um, I'll, we're going to just stop right now so, so we don't take up too much of people's time. But um, 
I think the last time we talked, I didn't even know you had an Instagram and, and sure enough you did. So I always like to give my guests a chance to plug something at the end of each conversation. Uh, feel free right now, give us your Instagram, give us your social media handles. And if there's something else you'd like to plug, go ahead. The floor is yours. Uh, I'm plug free. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I check it occasionally. It's Geech Quest Cards. You can send me a DM. I'm on Blowout more than I am Instagram under Geech Quest. You can private message me all you want if you want to chat. A lot of people that private message me, I just give them my cell phone number. It's 281-330-8004. If you just want to reach out to me through this podcast, doesn't matter to me. Um, or if you private message me, I'll give you my cell phone number as well. So you can reach out to me however you want. I'm always down to chat cards. I got a pretty relaxed job, so I'm pretty available at all times. All right, there you have it, guys. We got Mike Jones dropping his number what? in the actual episode for us. What? Who? All right. Thanks, Evan. Uh, always good talking to you, and I'll be talking to you soon. Absolutely cool. Thanks, Kyle. All right, I want to extend a big thanks again to Evan for taking the time to come on the show and talk about inserts. I know a lot of people enjoyed hearing from him the first time around. It's always fun talking to him. Maybe some of you have thoughts on 2019 or 20 inserts or the state of inserts going forward. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. Or shop through my Fanatics link and I'll get a small cut. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.